Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Good morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. First, let me apologize User error, my fault. I screwed up on the uh, of the creation of the stream today, so no fancy graphics. It's on me. I apologize, but we've still got Joel, we've still got Dennis, and that's all that matters at the end of. We the- only like the bells and whistles. We're here for the bells and whistles. I'm, I'm sorry. So I'm, I'm right sorry. Now. I messed up. No bells, no whistles, unless you want to whistle. In which case, I'll take it. But uh, we've still got the substance. I can whistle louder than anybody. Yeah, we know that. Actually, there's taxi cab environment there. We we like Joel. Yeah. But now we have Uber, so his whistle is useless. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Please don't whistle, Joel. We'll all go deaf. Uh, But that being said, the show must go on. We're talking Merck. We're talking Ford. We're talking everything, whatever's on your mind. Drop your tickers in the chat. We're talking retail with Ryan Craver at 835. He's the founder of Commerce Canal. In the meantime, everyone, smash that like button. As a reminder, a couple of not-so-shameless plugs. First plug is today's Tuesday. And today is the day where uh, Joel is going to be live with Gene Munster and a mystery guest. Ooh. You got till noon to sign up, folks. The you mystery guest, uh, the mystery guest uh, promoted himself on Twitter, though, so it's not so much of a mystery anymore. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. He did do that. He did. So a few people thing, know who the mystery guest is, I think. The second thing I'm going to promote is the next Benzinga Small Cap Conference, which is tomorrow and the day after. Uh, win a free year of Benzinga Pro. Go to bzsmallcap.com. It's healthcare conference time tomorrow and Thursday. I'll play a trailer for you later on in the show, but we got a lot to get to. So let's bring up Joel's charts. Joel, why are we down this morning? What's up, man? Turbulent Tuesday. Holy. Oh, I like that. Yeah, holy. You thought matter. about that all night, didn't you? Oh, man. I tell you, we have been all over the map. Uh, we were down. Then we went up to 44.42 and just shy of yesterday's interday high, shy of the close. And then the old European pulled the rug trick and we went down to 43.88. Uh, that's just above Thursday's low. And now we're trying to get back in a 4,400 handle. I don't know if it's Fed governors uh, resigning. I don't know if it's a worldwide energy shortage. I don't really can't blame China for much today. Uh, but we got a lot of different factors in today's sell-off. We'll see if we're on the rebound here. Crude up 80 cents to 76 and a quarter. That's not inflationary. Uh, gold down 1890 at 1733. Gold is not an inflation hedge. Silver down a 50 cent piece at 2220. Bitcoin is Bitcoin. That's down a G. We're headed for, looks like we're headed for 40K at 42,140. Ethereum going the same way. That's down $78.50 at 29,34.75. Dennis, we have a nervous market out there. Nervous market starting yesterday. And how can you just step in and blindly buy the dip here? We're so far off last week's low. What do, what do you think? What Again, you your flaw there? is looking at the SPY because IWM oh, is the IWM great IWM day up today? I, well, IWM's almost uh, – it's coming back. It's all. It's not flat, but we're not down much. you got a lot of small caps that are just saying, we don't care what Apple and Amazon and Microsoft are doing. We're – coming back up we've had the correction i'm going to say it again we've had the big correction in the small cap space um i think you're buying pullbacks on some of these small cap stocks now microsoft apple google i own all these in the long-term portfolio they've been overbought for a while they've been a place of safety the safety trade um they've, they're, they're coming off they don't look great but you know you're still apple you're still above the high from last week which is 141.27 Google, you're still above the high from last week. So I think you're using those 
areas as potential buy the dip opportunities. But I keep looking at this market and yeah, we're getting a dip here, but we had a hell of a rally in SPY. We got all the way down six trading sessions ago when everybody thought the end of the world was coming for 28.86. And then we rallied two thirds of it back on the SPY. So you get a little dip here this morning. I get the 435, 4036 area, probably gets bought again. It's hard to get off the bull bandwagon because where am I putting my money, Joel? You tell me where to put my money. Now I'm going to keep up Oh, with I know inflation. the uh, TLT, Dennis. I know oh, yeah, you. that's great. So, anyways, um, I got bearish this thing at 151 three days ago. It's 144 now. I'm saying TLT, I'm selling every single rally in TLT. If you're owning TLT, you got your money kicking at 1.5%. You're getting the crap kicked out of you to inflation in the long run. And I don't think you're going to get the the rally in the bonds. I think you're going to get depreciation in the bond prices. So you're going to get a double whammy. I don't want to own any bonds. Nothing, nothing with a yield under 2%. No, not in this environment. Just throwing your money away. You're not buying all that uh, natural gas with all that money that, that, you, that you're not using? Well, that's a completely different trade. All like right. I, the commodity trade, yeah. You know what? Yes, I would. You know, and I haven't even looked at UNG, but it's been ripping. I mean, am I chasing it now? No, but does it make sense? Yeah, one, seasonality. We're getting colder weather coming. Two is we've got the inflation trade. The commodity trade is the inflation trade. Physical assets. You know, that's what you're seeing. You've got to be prepared for that. You know, and I, I don't like, obviously, you know, we know I don't like oil, but right now we've got the inflation trade going on too. So you've got to be cognizant of that. You've got to be aware that this money, there is money managers, including myself, that are very scared of inflation. I think it's the biggest risk out there. And to just put your money in cash is not the safest place right now because you're losing to inflation. So... That's where I'm looking, you know, yeah, you know, on the commodities. I bought Cleveland Cliffs, you know, as a commodity steel play. I bought that on the pullback. I think you're buying pullbacks in the commodity sector. Yes, I do. Wow. Didn't expect to hear that. Well, I, well, I said three days ago, I said I bought Cleveland Cliffs. So yeah, no, no, I know. Cliffs are just not listening right, either. All right, all right, okay, okay, okay. Right, Kim, I don't like all, so I, I'm, never, I'm not buying steel, all stocks. Steel is one like thing. Steel is one thing. I, I mean, I was looking at more like, like UNG, right? Uh which is like well, it's been. I I would never buy UNG. All right. So if you want to buy because you got the contango issues, you've got it's all a right. foreign investment vehicle. I learned that the hard way back when I first started trading. Right. I, I I didn't understand contango back in like 1999, even though I went through university, but I hadn't done my CFA or anything yet, and I was like, ah, it's contango. You buy natural gas, you know, it's gonna go keep going higher, and then you realize, oh yeah, there's storage costs and there's rollover. And, you know, there's Contango and all this stuff. And that vehicle just depreciates over time, naturally depreciates over time. So you get these things, but it's just not a great long-term investment. You want to get in natural gas? Go buy the natural gas stocks. But buying UNG, short-term trading, fine. Long-term investing, I would buy the natural gas stocks. Such as names like? There's a, there's, I mean, Exxon Mobil is like is like is not not natural gas. No, that's too much oil. If you want to go into the pure natty gas plays, like I mean, like well, there's you like know, and I'm not saying I'm buying any of these, but if you're just looking, you know, and you think natural gas, and again, is this the time to come in and start buying natural gas stocks after we just ripped higher right. on all these? Hell no, I buy dips, I don't buy reps. Yeah, but you know, there's just a pile of natural gas. Chesapeake Energy is always one of them, but there's just a pile of natural CNX, gas stocks. I think. Um... Cabot, uh, Cabot's oil and, oil and gas, but uh, well, a lot of them are oil and gas, so you yeah. have trouble just finding the pure play natural gas. But there's there's four or five, six of them. Devin's a good one, DV yeah. in our chat, saving our, us right here. Thank I you. I mean, there's 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 a pile of them. OKE is a good one too. So lots of lots of different plays, but again, name of the game is not buy the rip, it's buy the dip. You're not getting a dip here this morning, and your natural gas stocks are continuing to rip. I don't chase. But you get in the next pullback, there'll be a pullback. This is the kind of market that chasing you lose money in. You'll get another pullback. You'll get another chance. And that's when you strike me about some of those natural gas stocks. Not when they're rallying 10% a week. 
And it, I just, I think it's, they just can't get the, the supply. I think the, perhaps the, the gas and everything's there. They just, they can't move it. They can't get it to where it needs to be. I mean, you don't have truckers out there. You got, you know, cargo ships stacked up in LA. So when is this, you know, when is this going to come to an end? When's this stuff going to be able to be transported? I'd talk to somebody about, you know, gas prices in California going through the roof. And I'm like, you know, it, it's, you know, it's hard to get it there. And boom, I mean, do people want to, you know, quit their jobs now or if they don't have a job and go into the trucking industry and be a trucker, how long is that going to last for? I mean, there's some structural problems in our economy and we, you know, we're, we're coming out of the, you know, health aspect of the, of the pandemic, but Man, the repercussions on the economy. I mean, one year, two years, five years. You've got I increased mean, demand and you've got labor shortage across the industry. Man, what's, what's all, in all industries, not across the in all industries. Yep. There is a labor issue here. And again, we talked about this, you know, last week. I mean, working for 10 or 12 or 15 bucks an hour in this environment, people are just saying no. And I'd rather sit at home and get stimulus checks. I mean, it's and, and you know that's not going to last forever. But it's, it, it's not. It's already. It's how, over. How, but how do you like? How do you pay your bills at thirteen bucks an hour? You don't. You don't. I mean, this is you know a major issue. That's the the gap. The one thing COVID did, Joel, was it increased the gap between the wealthy and obviously the poor. And I don't, you know, and and and. The poor is saying, no, I just can't do it. I can't do it at 12 bucks or 13 bucks an hour. So it's hard to do it at 20 or $25 an hour. I mean, it's one thing. And this is what the Fed has created. We now have, you know, labor that is, is challenged, you know, at these prices. And then you got, you know, prices inflating. So the stuff that they need to buy is going up in price. They need the, their wages increase substantially. It's not going to work at $12, $13, $15 an hour. And that's why people are sent back and they know. And the trades, you know, like I, we have to see the same thing here. People, they're like $30 an hour. No, I'll come in at 50 I mean, the trades up here, and, you know, I'm sure it's the same in the U.S., are holding out too for higher prices. So it, it's not just inflation now in physical assets. It's now going to be wage inflation too. So this transitory yeah. stuff, throw it out the window. Everybody who says transitory, stop listening to what they're saying immediately because they don't know what they're talking about. Nothing is transitory. When nothing. When have we lost? Maybe two- maybe five years from now, but I tell you, this is not going away next week. And it's when, not. When, when have you lost like two Fed governors in one day? Yeah, right. I mean, are they? I mean, whatever they're they're trading or whatever. They're getting the hell out of here. They don't want to. They it's, don't want to be around. We got problems. There, there's problems. How do you fix it? Like you can't start jacking up. The way you control inflation is you raise interest rates. This is the way. Go back to your economics 101. To control inflation, you start raising interest rates, slowing things down. But they can't do that. We can't raise interest rates because the debt on every single person, not just the U.S. government, on every single person, is so high. We're all built on debt. You know, people are like buying houses that they'll never be able to pay off. They're just servicing the interest rate payments on them. And there's no way to ever pay that off. So if you if you can't, you know, if you start raising rates, people are going to start losing their homes. People are going to start, you know, so you can't do it. So you just got to say the only solution you have is to say it's transitory. It'll eventually just go away. Just like Trump with COVID, eventually it'll just go away. I mean, is it going to go away? Not if you don't do something about it, but you start jacking up rates. I get it. You know, you're in a you're in a hard place. You know, can you even service your own in debt, the US government, when you're talking twenty eight trillion or whatever it is, you know, and start rates start going higher. It gets very, very difficult. The world is built on debt. The world is built on cheap money. And if you take that away, all of a sudden everybody's in real trouble. So I don't know the solution here. And right. I don't think the Fed governors do either. Yeah. All right, Spencer, bring us, to, out, bring us to, out of the death spiral. You're scaring everyone. You're scaring everyone. I just wanted to bring up this. And my heart, oh, forgive me, it only goes back to 1994 or 93. Excuse me. Um, but that's the spy going back to almost almost my entire life. So so the market just goes up. So market just, <laughs> there's always problems. We've all got problems. Everybody's got problems. And, and yet. 
Often yeah, the- but 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 you have people saying it's all going to implode and the market's all going to implode from it. But if they just keep printing money, which maybe they're not going to print as much, but they're not going to go away from it completely. Okay. And they're not going to, where do you go? I mean, I, it, here I am, I am sounding an alarm to a certain extent, but am I selling all my stocks? I sold none because I don't know where to put the money. All I know is if I go to cash, I guarantee lose because I'm losing to inflation. At least if I stay in SPY, maybe it'll keep up. You know, like maybe maybe Apple, you know, which isn't it's it's valuation is very expensive relative to itself, but you know, as a you know, it's not trading fifty times or thirty times, you know, sales at least. At least it's it's somewhat reasonable, even if it's twenty eight times earnings or thirty times earnings. Yeah, it was trading twelve or thirteen, so it is expensive, but I don't know. Weird. All right, a bird just like sort of flew into my window. I don't know if that's a bad omen or not. Did it die? No, it didn't die. Picked itself up and left. Yeah, yeah. It, okay. Anyway, birds are Air dumb. Window? Birds are dumb. They just fly into windows. They just do that, Spencer. All right. It's a Spencer okay. building. It was trying to hit that Benzinga sign outside. Did I tell you about the Rob? I've told the Robin story before that I in, in my Windsor house. I've sold my Windsor house now, but the Robin would come back every single spring. And he built a nest. He built the nest. Same, I guess the nest just stays. But anyways, the robin's there, and it, yeah, the nest is close to the window. So it looks in the window and it sees its reflection. And it's like that bird in the window is like you know in my territory, and it would just go and hit the window, bang. And then about ten seconds later, it would hit the window again, and it would hit the window all day. You never long. told this story until there's like it's like actually got a little bit of blood and stuff on the window because it's hit the window so many times trying to attack that bird. But I mean, think about it. If you don't know that's your reflection, you're looking at this bird and you, you know, ruffle up your feathers and make yourself look tough. And that bird in the window ruffles up its feather and makes it look tough. It's like, I'll take you on. Right. And then, boom. He, and he that's hit it. Him and Get he the fishing pole. Just hard. Anyways, yeah, that, that's the bird thinking. So the bird doesn't know. The All bird, right. I literally had to put like cardboard up on the window just to save the bird's life. So birds hit windows. But, you know, and, and, and part of this, you know, I don't know why we went on this tangent. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> you went on. This is your oh, tangent. Oh, so you're saying that it's not a bad omen. That's all I wanted to know. Oh, that's all I wanted to know. Was it birds? I'm saying birds are stupid. <laughs> Fine. All right. Moving on here. <laughs> Talk about Ford. Are you Ford's all, not are you all, stupid. You're all surprised Ford is dropping some pennies. I'm shocked, personally. I did not think Ford was going to get into EVs. Ford's dropping some pennies here. <laughs> They're dropping $11 billion worth of pennies to be exact on four new facilities three battery plants and an assembly plant for electric trucks in tennessee and kentucky shocker not in michigan not in michigan that's what's shocking just should have been in michigan joel what the hell we got that's water we short ford for that <laughs> What do wow, you know? we we know Ford's gonna you know move into EVs. We've been talking about it forever. They're gonna be a major, 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 major player in EV. So is GM. Both of them are gonna be major players. The market ripping this higher. I I don't see why they're ripping this higher for the simple reason is that this isn't anything unknown. Yes, battery technology. Maybe they didn't think they're gonna get into that too. They're gonna get into it all. I like Ford and GM. I'm long on both. They're both dirt cheap, um, and I think they're gonna be major players in EV. Wow, you're up. <laughs> Look, look at the move that this thing's had since uh, just a little over a week ago when the market bottom. Now you're, you know, you're trying to pick another fifty-seven cents here. We closed yesterday at fourteen sixteen. Pile of pay. I mean, it's gonna take. It, it can open up here. I, uh, you know, at this area. But I mean, you're gonna have to have someone super bullish for to take this through 15 bucks today. I mean, not not only is it a psychological number, but you had a high at 1504 uh, back on uh, July 2nd. We haven't been up in this. You know, the high of the move is actually 1550. Uh, it's traded a lot of volume and everything, but man, oh man, to keep this rally going, especially where it's come from. I don't know. If you got a target here, 1475.15, you may want to ring the register. Could always, you know, bust out, go to 15 and a half, 16. Spencer mentioned the 20 number, but I, I mean, big move, big, big move for Ford. You got the volume going in the favor, but Dennis, I mean, probably how much is it uh, at 14 and a half? Can you see 14 and a half in the? In the book or not? Oh, there'll be some stock there. It's always yeah. a good call to look at the book and, you know, just to get a feel for it. I would think 15 would be like the rocket yeah. there, but 
Oh, Joel, there's so but the problem is trade 2.8 million shares. It has it's traded a lot. But there the book is just littered. I mean littered with orders. 1429, 10,000, 1430, 18,000, 1435, 12,000, basically 10,000 every all the way up to 1450, every penny pretty much. 1450, 155,000. And then we go up to 15 of the, the boats there, 588,000 shares. These are just, you know, participants that are showing their orders. It's Today, not considering yeah. all the VWAP. It's not considering all the other participants that are hiding their orders. I mean, this is just, you know, 15 is going to be tough. And all the people long calls, you know, even if you took a flyer on the 14 calls yesterday, right? I don't know where they were trading at, but now they're in the money. If you want to lock in, you know, a little bit of profit there. Uh, GM not getting the same reaction uh, as Ford. It's specific news to Ford, but GM has had a nice move as well, trading up or just trading flat here. Uh, so next uh, resistance level GM comes in at uh, hmm, hmm, 5471. Now that's your next daily high. Actually, filling a gap here. If you've been waiting for this gap fill, 5359, uh, you got a chance to fill that today. And they're hitting Tesla on this a little bit. Uh, but that that's just had a run, taking a little bit of a breather. Everyone was looking for 800 yesterday, but it, it barely kissed even it. Kissed yeah. it. did it. 799. Um, I'm saying yeah. that kissed it. Hmm. Couldn't quite get there. GM, Mitch liking GM on this news. I'm long. I bought more GM. We know that I bought it last or I bought it. I probably bought it about a month ago under 49. It's starting to work out a little bit better. I just think both those are going to be, they're cheap and they're major, going to be major players in EV. So that's why I'm still staying fully long GM and for it. I'm actually long, I think, a double size position in GM. Um, it's a normal size position in Ford for me. I, so, yeah, I'm, still, I'm sticking I'm, with them. I'm still eyeing. I mean, I sold my Ford, but I I could be talking to buying it back at some point. I don't know when. Uh, I wouldn't be buying it today. No, I mean, not, again, not today. Buy the dip, not the rip. Not today, but I, but you know, at some point here this year, I, I could I, I could be talking to Ford again. Anyway, uh, as a reminder, Ford is uh, they have they have said that they expect between forty and fifty percent of their vehicle volume will be fully electric by the end of this decade. So it, this should, the news today shouldn't have been a surprise. I guess the only surprising part is is Kentucky and Tennessee specifically. But yeah, I mean they're 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 gonna be an EV company. They're, Major. Yeah. Like GM and Ford going to make a lot more EV cars than Tesla. A lot more. Now, you know, obviously Tesla's a pure play. We know Tesla trades at its valuation two hundred times earnings. Ford trades six or seven times earnings. Those valuations are never going to mean anything on Tesla, or at least not in the near future. It doesn't appear. Or Ford. So Ford's been a value trap. Tesla's just been a growth story, which, you know, it's been great growth, obviously. And they're doing a lot of other things. They're getting robotics. They're trying to do some other things, too. So, you know, I don't think those multiples are converging anytime soon. But just for fun, somebody was saying, if Ford traded a Tesla multiple, where would it trade? Yeah, I be saw like, that. Hey, yeah. be like $200 a share. But that's not going to happen. Because one... Ford, Ford is not Tesla. It's not as efficient either. I mean, and, you know, like, obviously, the margins are tighter, labor. They've got a lot of other issues there with Ford. But at the same time, should it be six times earnings when they are going to have the EV aspect to the company? I, I think it's cheap. Yeah. All right. Let's move on from Ford here. Let's go to let's go to some M&A. A couple of M&A headlines. We'll start with Merck here. I haven't. We haven't talked about uh, Merck for a, for a hot second, maybe, maybe here and there. Uh, nothing official, but a report from the Wall Street Journal that Merck is nearing a an $11 billion takeover of Acceleron. Ticker there is XLRN. This was from the journal reported, I believe, last night they got this. And nothing official, nothing confirmed. I don't even know if there's, if there's a price. The $11 billion is just, a, I think, a rough guesstimation. Um, but nothing official on that. So uh, maybe we'll find out more today, but very often where there's smoke, there's fire. And this morning you're seeing Merck and Acceleron, XLRN trade. Well, last night you, you saw it react to the headline. Well, someone uh, got a little feeling about this, I would say, a little over it's a been week rumored. ago. Yeah, it's been rumored here. Now, a couple of interesting things here. You got 
maybe that coincides with the market cap of 11 billion. You got to 196, uh, but you have some people ringing the register here. Uh, it's down, you know, 14 bucks from that pre-market high. So it all depends on the premium. Not a huge company. We'll see where you can see if you get it. Any other suitors kicking around? Did someone say BM uh, Bristol Myers may be kicking around or? Or not. Oh, I, Bristol Myers was kicking around on here too. Look I'm going to let my comments. I actually okay. have a position in XLRN. So, okay. Okay. And okay. I have a position Look at that Bristol work. Myers chart. Have you ever seen a more bullish looking chart in your entire life? <laughs> Look at that thing. Bristol Myers. Kramer Look at said. that. Bristol Myers. Look at They've that. All been killed. Oh. The pharmaceutical stocks are all oh, on major all dips right now. I, I'd be buying all these. I, I like did. Bristol Myers. 3.28% dividend isn't great in an inflationary environment. And yes, they have been getting hit because we have all of a sudden decided that rates, you know, could potentially go higher and they're hitting anything that's a yield play. Yes, some of these pharmaceutical stocks are there. We know I bought Regeneron early. Um, it's come all the way back down now to 605. I still like Regeneron. I like Bristol Myers. I like a lot of these stocks as pharmaceutical stocks. They've all had significant pullbacks, including Pfizer. I think these stocks are buying opportunities. All of them. Yeah. You know, I don't want to go back too much to the whole inflation interest rate thing, but you know, when you think about the TLT, you got to think about utilities, right? And the XLU, I mean, it, it's it's had a pullback as well. But what if all? I mean, what if all our cars are using electric instead of gas? I mean, could that you know be like a a big bone for these utility companies. I mean, going farther on down the line, if instead all these gas stations, you have charging stations or, you know, I mean, the are batteries. Are utilities and EV play? Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it moves the needle enough to be honest. And it's not big enough. I don't think so. I think a little bit, but the growth is not going to be, you know, and you can, obviously there's going to be certain companies that are going to feed that. you know, we've talked to charging stations and we can talk different, right. but to go and just say XLU is a EV play, no, it's reaching. I don't think it moves the needle enough, to be honest. But that's Not just my big. opinion. I mean, it, but it's, ten it's, years it's from thinking. now, if everyone's cruising around in, in uh, electric, we're going to be using more energy. We're we'll be using more electrical power for sure. But I I don't know how much. I I honestly maybe I'm I just don't know. No, I don't know. I was just I, I was, I was, just, I was just looking at the way I mean because if you're if you're bearish the TLT and you that you know utilities trade, you know, with it, um it's had a significant pullback. I was just well, you know, just an idea, just throwing out there. Not one of my crazy mall ideas that I had back in 2018 or anything. Short malls idea. That was yeah. a good idea. That was, that, you were one year early. Yeah, that was a good idea. It just your timing was off there. Timing. Timing yeah. is everything. Timing. I know this timing thing. 829 uh, spoons are trying to get stay in the 4400 handle. Still 10 points off that, uh, that pre market low of 4388. Pretty big rage already for for the market. So hope the day isn't over. And then the other MA headline was just was from Endeavor. And I I mean, what a turnaround for the ticker's EDR. What a turnaround for this. If you guys remember back in 2019, they filed to go public and it the IPO failed. They they could not pull off an IPO. Do you know how bad your balance sheet has to be for for Wall Street to be like, nah, we don't want it. Like, like it happened. It happened to WeWork, and it happened to Endeavor. What's right? up with WeWork? Uh, we don't work. They're they're, they're spacking. Are, are they not? I'm are not they spacking. Do they spack? I'm, I'm, I think you're right. I think they did. They're, they're spacking. Anyway, so Endeavor go files go public and it fails. Right? They 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 cannot get the IPO. They're just so over levered, too much debt. What do they do? They turn around, they buy UFC, the ultimate fighting champion. Then they go public. They try it again this year. It works. They go. They go public. They have their IPO now as a entirely new company because they're they're the talent agency. Plus, they own UFC as their main asset. Now, wow. now, yesterday, they announced that they've bought OpenBet, which is a sports betting property owned by Scientific Games, for one point two billion in cash and stocks. And now, in two years, Endeavor went from an overlevered talent agency to uh the ufc plus sports betting property oh yeah we still have the talent agency stuff but also our main business is ufc and sports betting i mean it's it, it, it's amazing turnaround it's art yeah 
smart management here to turn it around. So I'll go with that. Um, I don't know. I like again. I don't buy the rip, but I'll put it on the watch list. You know, you get a little bit of dip after this. You know, maybe it's interesting. I I I haven't I've never looked at the fundamentals closely enough, but I like the UFC. I like sports betting. You do? So, can you watch? You watch that UFC? I can watch it. Yeah, my dad really? loves it. Really? I, I like it. I like watching it. Joel, have you, have you ever watched a UFC fight live? I oh live? Yeah. You mean going to the fight? No, no, no. I mean like no. I just mean I like, I, I, I I did to see these. I I I can't watch it. Okay, I mean, I've never I, I've never seen. I'd it. rather. I mean, you know, your channel hardcore fans. Yeah, yeah. I know, but I mean, I'd rather watch you know Dick the Bruiser and uh, you know Andre the Giant. That was and... all fake, though. This is I know. Real. Well, this is the UFC, fake, man. The UFC did damage to the WWE. Oh, they WWF. did for sure, but man, major because he went from you know a show to real fighting. So, like me, me and my dad used to watch wrestling all the time growing up, and those were it was great. But you know, the UFC, yeah, it, it did major damage to the WWF. Oh, I for guess. sure. For sure. Anyway, Endeavor EDR, you know, recent IPO. Uh, they're they're making moves, right? They're buying a sports betting property, and turn around and oh, this is a this isn't because I remember when they IPO'd, I rolled my eyes. I was like, really? These guys again? But then I was like, wait a minute, this is not the same company. Now they have an entirely new business. It's you've got me interested. I'm perking up here and listening. I wrote down EDR. This is going on the watch list for me again. I don't buy this day. That we're trading up eight nine percent, but put it on the watch list. You get a little pullback. This goes on the shopping list, I think. Yeah, big pop uh, after hours. I believe we got to thirty one fifty six. We've leaked a buck and a half. Nothing up there on the uh, on the dailies, but on the monthlies, you do have a high at thirty fifty. So I'd I'd use that right now as a gauge uh, because we have. Pulled back so much. Thirty fifty was a monthly high after it blasted to thirty three. So longer it takes, you know, thirty fifty would be a target. And of course, the pre market high, just over thirty one fifty. Dennis, if you're, you know, mark uh, maybe the top of yesterday's range since there was four highs, five highs in the same area. Maybe if you're looking to buy this on the cheap, I don't know if you're going to see twenty seven forty five today. But all those people that sold at twenty seven fifty area, the last one, two, three, four, five sessions, may be looking to get it back. So that's what I'd be looking at if you're if you're interested buying EDR on a pullback. And then from a scientific gamers perspective, SGMS. I'm, I was when I saw the headline last night, I was trying to think: Have we seen a company divest itself of a sports betting property in the last couple of years? I don't. Why think- are they buying it up on it? Like that's, this SGMS. That's, that's what I was wondering. This SGMS trade up to $93 last night. That's what I was wondering. I'm like, I guess they thought they got more money for it than maybe it was worth. But it's it's interesting when a company like divest and, the, and they both go up. You know, the one buying and the one selling. I mean, somebody's got to be right. somebody got to be wrong. No? They're Good for them. Reason. I like this company. Good for them. <laughs> They're ringing the register. This whole sports gambling, you know, Ooh. UFC thing. Joel's not into sports They're gambling. saying sold. No, I mean I am. I follow it. I, you know, I do my suicide pools, but I, I like this move by the company. You know, they're, you know, they're they're trying yeah. to sell the top, and I, I I think it's a good move. And who knows where they where they they've had it for a while. I think good. I wouldn't buy it up at ninety three, but uh, I think it's a good move by the company. You make these acquisitions, and you know, it's all rosy when you know everything's going great but i i like the move i like the move by sgms all right it is just about 8 35 it is it is 8 35 now so let's talk retail here let's bring on ryan craver he is uh our uh retail guru he's the founder of commerce canal joining us here on pre-market prep this morning ryan good morning sir introducing wondersuite from bluehost.com the tool that makes wordpress wonderful for everyone Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. 
From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Good morning. All right, right. Quite the got you right this morning. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, we're a little bit on a tangents here. So, Ryan, just real quickly, overview here, right? We're, we're talking about, you know, coming out of the pandemic. We're talking, you know, we have all these supply chains issues, you know, retail, you know? I mean, this is this has really changed the retail market. Uh, permanent changes or people going back to the, the brick. Amazon's going to brick and mortar. I mean, talk to us about that. Re you know, the changes in retail, you know, not just, you know, next week, next month, next quarter, but over the next year or two. Yeah. I, I think that there's going to be a lot of pain for, for a while in terms of supply. I also think it's going to be interesting to see this. This is going to be the first big season in which we've had major cost increases for a lot of the products that sell online or in stores. So it's going to be a very interesting Q4. Um, I can't see how these supply constraints or these, um, you know, inflation numbers go away anytime soon. I think I said the last time we were on the call, uh, you know, every single brand that we work with that is a major brand has instituted some form of cost increases already or is planning to do so based upon how they see sales trickle in for Q4. Um, so what that naturally leads me to think about is, is who's going to be best positioned to execute with the most amount of supply, who's going to be best positioned to execute these price increases. Um, a lot of it goes to the name that we talk about a lot, which is Amazon, TJ Maxx, Ross, Burlington, Walmart, the big guys that have the pricing power, have the logistical prowess, have the largest moat in terms of uh, either network or captive audience and customer. So it's going to be a very interesting Q4. Very interesting. So you're saying the basically the, the, the prices are going to go up regardless. I guess it's just a question of, I mean, people, no, no one's going to not shop, right? Like, like the, no, they're going to pay. They're going to pay what the price is, right? It's not a. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, there, there's plenty of money right now in households, right? So they're going to be willing to pay because they have the money to pay. Um, I, I just think that those that have the most supply, meaning those that have the most product to sell, are going to see the most fruitful Q4. Okay. So you look at someone like Amazon, who has 2.5 million sellers, of which 35 to 40% are Chinese sellers that largely are just tied to factories and, and they can push in as much product as they possibly can. Um, and you've got a logistical network on those sellers that, you know, can't be beat 200 plus locations, logistic facilities for Amazon in the country. Um, you know, they are going to be able to push faster price increases than anyone else. Uh, Ryan, I would love to know how you are personally experiencing supply chain disruptions in your business in, in as you talk to the retailers. Yeah, great question. Um, so the major guys like the Hanes and the New Balances and the Legos, um, whether it's clothes or toys, all of them have pushed out um, a lot of their product. So usually what you want to do online is get everything into the Amazons, the Walmarts, et cetera, uh, in this September month, if it's online, because you want to be ready for October and November, where you see a lion's share of your sales for the year. If you're selling into brick and mortar, it's usually in August for Q4. So it takes the stores about a month longer to get that stuff in. Mm. All of them, if they're coming from China, have seen 
delays specifically if they're going into the port of Long Beach. Um, so we have seen some supply issues already. If they're coming from India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, it's been a little less in terms of supply constraints as long as they're coming into the East Coast. Um, so because China does produce a, a lot of our product as a country, um, they have all seen some, some issues. I think, I think it's interesting now to see how supply chains for some of these domestic companies are changing. So, you know, you see guys like Peloton who are moving some of their uh, manufacturing to Ohio and things like that. So I would expect that we'll start to see a bit more of uh, those types of announcements because, like I said, these supply constraints due to globalization are not going to end anytime soon. We got a good question coming uh, from the chat from Paul. You know, people have uh, no option but to buy essentials. It will be the discretionary stuff that will start to uh, suffer. So perhaps make a, uh, you know, uh, a distinction, you know, with those companies and then also – uh, I heard Walmart, or not Walmart, but I, I heard Costco now is limiting the amount of uh, huge toilet paper uh, rolls that you can buy due to uh, supply constraints. So talk about you know, the essential companies that could benefit you know, from this and then the discretionary companies that might feel the pinch. Yeah, great question. So I think if, if you think about the pain continuum or pain spectrum, I think on the consumer goods, the products that are sold in the Costco's, on the shelves of Kroger, those guys are going to have the biggest supply constraints of anyone. There are a lot tighter margins, so therefore it's a little bit harder to raise the price as well. For those luxury purchases, for those you know uh, everyday purchases like uh, underwear and things like that within the apparel space, I think that there will be supply constraints for those guys but it's not going to be nearly as severe as the essentials. Um, and that's just knowing what we know of the supply chain and how fast the lower margin stuff moves versus the higher margin stuff. The higher margin stuff, believe it or not, can get onto a plane, right? It doesn't have to go via ship um, or it has less inflation um, pressure because it, it might not be made domestically. Uh, where on the pain spectrum, since you mentioned the Lego, where on the pain spectrum are, are toys in this? Hasbro, Mattel. Toys, toys also have a, an issue that we haven't talked about, but a lot of, a lot of supply constraint on, you know, depends upon how sophisticated the toy is, but chips, right? So if they're products like plastic pieces, they're probably just going to see inflation issues and they're going to see some supply constraints, but not nearly as severe as some of the higher end electronics or those toys that have some sort of electronic in them. Um, for them, because they don't have, uh, you know, a more even purchase across the year, they really ramp up at back to school and then they ramp back up in Q4, specifically November, December. It's going to be very difficult for them. So if the supply isn't there in November, December, trust me, it's not going to sell in January, February. March. I, I, I'm trying to understand how to feel from all this. You came in here and you, you made it sound like, oh, yeah, everyone's going to raise prices and they're going to buy it regardless of demand. But then you said, oh, the supply chain, no one's going to have product. I don't know what to think, Ryan. Am I supposed to am I supposed to want to buy retailers here or not buy them here? I, you, you give me very mixed signals. That's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly, it's exactly, yeah. So let me try and be as crystal clear as possible. If they've got it, they're going to overpay for it. Okay. Right? So, so the customers are going to overpay for whatever they've got. So profits will be up relatively high okay. for Q4. Okay. However, top line revenue is going to be tough. It's going to be very tough. So if I'm if I'm thinking of retail, what am I buying? I'm buying Amazon. I'm buying Shopify. I'm buying TJ Maxx, maybe Ross Burlington, and maybe Five Below. All those names have growth in some way, shape, or form, either because they are e-commerce, opening new stores, or have a large moat of logistics or products and sellers. 
All right, I'm I I have I'm gonna go I'm gonna write all those down. Those are the names I'm on my list now. Everything that Ryan just said: Amazon, Shopify, Five Below. There's a few more. I'll, I'll rewind it, but uh, that 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 was crystal clear. Thank you very much, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> from the chat, uh, uh, Quantrust wants to know where Etsy fits into this. I guess that doesn't really fit into this. Etsy. So Etsy, uh, you know, we sell on Etsy. Yeah. Um, I I can't see how they grow any faster than in Amazon or anyone else until they take growth seriously. They historically have been someone who said we partner with the small seller. Well, the problem with the small seller is they don't have the scale, and if they don't have the scale. They don't have sales. They don't grow the top line. So I think Etsy plays a nice little niche role, but I can't see them being a major marketplace that goes up against Amazon longer term, that goes up against even eBay, even though eBay is kind of dying a death by a thousand cuts. And then some other people are feeling that maybe their their company, their stocks are left out. So Macy's and Nordstrom, I guess you did not name Lowe's. So I guess that yeah. – um, so Macy's, Macy's, I don't, I, you know, we've been talking about Macy's for three, four, five years now. I don't think I've ever been positive on them once. I'm trying to, I, I don't think so either. <laughs> I, 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 I can't see how anything's actually changed. Right. So they continue to groom their stores. Their com doesn't fire fast enough. Um, I think that they are still overstored considerably. I think if you walk into any Macy's other than the one that's across the street from us on 34th street in New York city, You'll see that no money's been put into them. The shopping experience has not gotten any better. I can't see how it gets any better longer term for them. JWN does put money into stores. JWN does continue to play with things, right? So you see them signing a deal with Tonal. You see them trying to figure out the best way to do it. They're still putting more home goods into their stores. If you're forced to play in the department store space, maybe it's them. Maybe it's Kohl's because Kohl's signed that deal years ago that that brought Amazon traffic into their stores, but department stores are not, not a place I, I would play in. What about, I mean, I'm looking at the Macy's chart. Did everyone that was going to Target all of a sudden start going to Macy's here? I mean, look at <laughs> They all look like that. Yeah. I mean, Dillard's too. What about Dillard's, Ryan? Like, I don't get it. You know, Dillard's is up here at all time highs. Like we're saying brick and mortar, you know, people are moving away. This Dillard's has been unbelievable. Um, Dillard's has been amazing. Macy's has been amazing. I think that, you know, everyone started to see the pandemic reopen. They they thought about back to school being a big catalyst. Um, You know, I I just don't disagree with it. I mean, I'm a long-term investor, right? I can't see how these guys make sense longer term. The only way they make sense is if they continue to buy back shares so that they're artificially inflating their EPS. But they, they do not have any way in which they're going to grow. They're not opening more stores. They're losing market share to TGMX Ross Burlington. They don't have good dot coms. I just can't see how I can get there. Wow. All right. So you're saying the market just wrong on some of these names. It's never wrong, right? Because <laughs> Price don't lie, um, Ryan. Price don't lie. I guess I'm wrong. So, um, you know, it's just, it's not. I, I, I can't see how it makes sense longer term. What about uh, what about something like uh, that move that you had in uh, Costco the other day? When I, I mean, they they just pumped it off the earnings and then they gave it back yesterday. Now Costco falls into the more of the essential category, right? Everyone needs their, you know, whatever meat and chicken and all that stuff. I mean, Costco made a new all time high here. Any thoughts on Costco? And then also Mitch wants to know about VSCO, which I'm an owner into. Costco Costco continues to be a, a best in class, right? So they continue to have that nice membership moat, right? So they've got a nice group of paying customers, at least $100 every single year. I think they're great. I just think they trade at a premium. And as long as you're willing to, you know, live with someone paying, playing at a premium, then you're, you're totally fine. But they're doing phenomenally well. They've actually picked up quite well on their .com, right? So they have the two-day delivery, which they didn't have last Q4. 
Um, so I, I think they're great. I think they're great. Victoria's Secret, Victoria's Secret. So, you know, we're on 34th Street. There's a Victoria's Secret that used to be on the corner that was a flagship. It's now closed, right? It's now a Sephora. So, uh, you know, I, I can't see how they do well. Yes, they've gone through different hands and they continue to try and figure this out. But sitting where they are right now, I'd wait for it to probably come back down before I you know, pick up any more. All right, Ryan Craver. A couple, couple of quick, yeah. quick things. Let me just a couple of quick things. Okay. I think some interesting things that you're seeing is, is Roku signed a deal with Shopify so that Shopify merchants can push their ads onto Roku devices. I think that's very interesting. I think Facebook is in for a heck of a lot more pain. Uh, the number of clients that we have that are pulling more, more and more spend from Facebook over to Google, Snap, TikTok is incredible. It's probably the fastest acceleration away from any platform we've seen before. Wow. Um, and then I'm shocked Joel is actually on this call and he didn't bring up his Peloton profile. <laughs> I don't even know. Joel, I don't even know why I said Joel's in this yeah. Joel, I, I will tell you. So we in the office, we got the new tread. It came about a week and a half ago. Well, I haven't been using it much, and uh, you know, good thing my cost basis is a lot lower. That's all I have to say. But it, uh, on a uh, no, it didn't. Oh, uh, it can look at this one, two, three, four, five, six, six of seven, seven of eight, eight of nine, nine of ten, uh, ten of eleven down days. Uh, maybe it's due for a pop. I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, uh, I mean, they, they ran it up on what that they were going in to close. Yeah, and it, yeah, 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 Triple D called that, you know, the, that little pop. I thought there. it was more than it was only up a buck on the news, and I was like, "Why well, is it worth more than a buck?" And then it ran twenty, and I was like, "Well, it's not worth 20. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I mean, and the close was also fake news, right? Because if you remember, they did something with Lulu back in the day. Um, so I think that was kind of BS. Um, and now they're kind of moving in closer, closer to a razor blade model, right? Because they're selling yeah. things for four hundred dollars cheaper to try and get the SaaS model subscription and service for all these members. But, you know, if it drops below 90 down to the, into the eighties, it might be worth a little bit of a. Play. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. I, and actually you haven't seen me on there because I've been swimming and my outdoor pool closed, tried a few nor indoor pools, but I actually joined a club. I joined a lifetime fitness. So I, I, I mean, I just like being in the pool. I like being in a gym. I like, you know, working out around people. So Lisa still uses it four or five times a week, but I'm personally logging in my investment portfolio personally shorter. <laughs> we, we, we all know the true reason is because you kicked my butt, right? <laughs> no, no, no. Beyonce stopped launching new classes. Trump remember? Trump. Yeah. It was Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ryan. Great information as always. Thanks, and uh, Thanks, Ryan. yeah, we'll, we'll be talking to you real soon here. Coming into Christmas season, we'll have to get your thoughts before that. All Does right. Anybody talk? Against their book more than Joel on Peloton. No, <laughs> Joel, I, I think Joel's, Joel secretly <laughs> hates all of his stocks. I think he has no choice though. He's tried to sell the Peloton before. He's not allowed to. Okay, I, I just want to tell you that um, I did get a word of caution uh, from Lisa this morning because we had mentioned something and uh, we were Ooh. sitting on some cash, and she just wasn't like super. You know, she super like bye 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 bye. It was more like. Let's wait and see. So not that it's selling anything. They will never do that. But uh, <laughs> she just wasn't so so anxious to pull the trigger on a bunch of longs. So hmm. I don't know if I can convince her to get out of everything and go short. But uh, just, a, just a little word of caution there. It's 8.53. Let's do some ticker time. Drop your tickers into the chat, and we will take a look at them. I will give a bias to tickers that we haven't looked at in the past couple of days or a couple of weeks. If you have something off the beaten path, I, I could be into it here. So let's see what we got here. We got six minutes left in today's show. Uh, let me look for – okay, we haven't talked Home Depot or Lowe's for a hot second. Oh, my God. Look at these tickers flying here. So let's start with Home Depot or Lowe's. Home Depot. Yeah. Uh, man, they sell stuff cheap. They're always busy. The people are really nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. New all-time all high, high, little pullback. You know, how can you be shorted? 
Yeah, you don't you don't short stocks making you all time highs. And if you're long them, you hold on. You chill your stops. Do own lows. Does that chart look okay? Yep, that chart looks. They good both look too. identical. Yep. I mean, people are doing things with their home. I mean, they just and they're so nice there. I mean, they really. I think I took something back that I had for like eight months. Didn't have a receipt. It was still in the package. They took it back. Oh yeah, great, they took it back. Great, great customer service. Uh, this chart looks the same. CarMax, KMX, it's also at all-time highs, so probably the same thing. Uh, people can't get new cars to buy used cars. I mean, what are you going to do? A yeah. little, little gap to fill. I mean, if you're worried about this thing potentially going down, uh, keep an eye on 141.70. That splits the two lows from Thursday and Friday. Uh, we'll keep going here down the list. Da, 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 da. Oh yeah, Thor Industries, THO. They actually had earnings, earnings. today, and their earnings, earnings. Were good. their earnings were good. Yeah. Um. I, I. I mean, the bar. The bar I thought was was rather high. I guess not. I guess not. It's pretty high bar. They been pretty good. Anyway, <laughs> anyway earnings per share of four dollars and twelve cents for a two dollar ninety three cent estimate. It blew uh, it away. We blew it away. Sales. Oh, sales of. Uh, 3.59 versus 3.33 billion, but I blew it away on the bottom line for THO. Outdoorsy things. Yeah. Those I, things that people are doing. So it's not yeah. surprising. Again, we've, you know, been concerned about these trades. Oh, is this as good as it gets, you know, for their environment? I, I don't know the answer to that question. It's only up three bucks, not up much, and it was a pretty good blow away. So I'll let digest and see what happens. 118, your pre-market high, daily high at 1834. You peel back, you know, two bucks from that. So, you know, that would be a good target for me. The longest, you know, longer it takes to take out that 118, keep going, maybe get a little bit of a rollover. Uh, top of yesterday's range, support 113.39. We'll keep on rolling here as I look at uh, stress relief riding wants to short dicks. He's interested in DKS. Yeah. He wants to short dicks. I, you know what? I see what he's looking at. You know, you're on this critical support level. So I don't mind it, but. You know, again, this is, you know, outdoors, this is what's working. This is what has been working. So you're definitely fighting the trend here. Um, is there, you know, potential to fill this huge gap in here? Maybe it's a tough trade, though. So you start getting under 129, 128. It starts to get a little more interesting. You got to below that 125, and then it opens right up. I'd say below 125, it's more interesting. I think for this one, I mean, I see the technical setup and, you know, so you're shorting it, you know, well, I don't know if you want to short it in the hole here today. Bottom of yesterday, age 130, 40. But, you know, and I have, we have no way of predicting these kind of things. And I don't, they just reported earnings not too long ago. But when, you know, you got to think about this, you know, supply chain, you know, stuff, or, you know, is this stuff mobile come from local places because they're selling everything. I just, I would use the story indicator. If I go in there and they've got some empty shelves and maybe I'd, I'd, uh, or partially empty shelves, maybe think about it, but I see it breaking down through support. I've seen this before. Let's see if it stays under 130. A couple more here as you wrap up the day. Oh, there's so many good ones that I want to look at here. Uh, too bossy. You just grab the first one you see. Yeah. Well, all right. You, uh, you want to go? Long, you want to go long HPQ? HPQ. Yeah, kinda. I kinda do. I don't, I don't know. It's. I, I've talked HPQ before. I like HPQ. I think it's going to be a major player in 3D. You've had a pullback from the highs. I don't mind it down here. Low 28s. Yeah. Yeah. I don't own it. I'd kind of like to be long. Uh, down 20 cents. Uh. Kind of two days of consolidation, then a move higher. Negative market factors looking, uh, you know, working against it today a little bit, but just real short term, I'd keep an eye. You want to see it go green, 2871, and it might take a couple days to chew through uh, 29 yesterday's high, 2898. All right, fine. We'll look at Micron because they report earnings tonight. Oh, we, talk, we talk about this stock like every other day, it seems like. Yeah, I've been trading it a lot, day trading it a lot. I have no position in it right now. I just I covered my short this morning down at seventy three eighty. So I was long it, and then it seventy three eighty. How the hell did you do that, Dennis? Seventy three eighty five, I think. Oh, yeah. seventy three seventy nine is the low. Yeah, I covered. Well, and I don't know. You're it, it, usually these stocks work ahead of the earnings. I was actually long it, and then. I was able to get out of the long and they pumped it on fast money. So I shorted it because it just seemed like it just got overdone. 
um, off Man, last month. And so I covered my short. So I made money on the long. I actually traded perfect after hours. Made money on the long. Short at 75.70. Covered wow. at 73.85. I should have went long at well, Yeah, come on. I you should have went long. long. So I like it ahead of the earnings. I'm not taking it through earnings, though. So I might it, buy it again ahead of the earnings, but I'm not taking it, it it's been a, It's been an under slow accumulation. Kind of had a little bit of a breakout yesterday. I remember this crazy day when it went to uh, 77.03. That's not too far away. So if you get a pop in the earnings, that was just kind of like a just a blow off. I don't know what the news was that day, uh, but price has memory. If you get a pop, 77. But this looks like since that last report, it's just been under accumulation. Uh, okay. Uh, it's 9 o'clock, which means it's time to wrap. All right, Joel. We'll be over at premarketprep.com. I'll see you later. And don't forget, I want to see everyone at 1 o'clock with uh, Gene Munster, the cats out of the bag. It's going to be Sean Udall, tech stock strategist, going up against Wall Street's best tech stock strategist. I hope Sean's not listening, but uh, tune in at 1 o'clock. We'll get a look at uh, all the all the FANG stocks, uh, as well as some other ones. That and It's funny because you guys, you know, they're tech stocks. But out of the fang, they both file some pretty interesting stocks. So, all right, everyone, all right. We'll, we'll see you on Pre-Market Prep Plus. I'm going to end this stream and redirect to that. Uh, everyone smash that like button. Let's go. Let's get the day going. It's Tuesday. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.